everyone welcome to season two episode five today we're gonna still be talking about marriage um and what it is to have a christian centered a christ-centered marriage um before we get into our word we are going to do a quick prayer so i ask that wherever you find yourself um you call out to the holy spirit and you ask god to convict your heart um and to help you understand the words that are being spoken um so wherever you are pray with me thank you god for giving us another day of life god thank you for your word because it is living and it's breathing god it is meant to help us live this life um and this life gets tough and it gets confusing sometimes and it gets difficult um so i ask that you help us throughout all of this god throughout all of this until we get to the finish line and we see you face to face god i ask that your holy spirit feel that um the atmosphere where we are god that your presence fill the room the car the kitchen wherever it is that we find ourselves god and i ask that all these words be influenced by you be moved by you and let it be genuine god let it be genuine just as you are in jesus name amen okay so for today's episode we are going to be focusing on ephesians 5 um specifically verse 21 until the end of the chapter um for some of you believers or if you've ever heard any preaching on couples and marriage ephesians 5 is usually the center of it um so let's see what we can learn from this i know that there's a lot and please bear with me if you have a notebook please take it out highlighter pen if you have your bible with you even better um because this is a lot this is a lot so um ephesians 5 verse 21 on my bible it's titled spirit guided relationships wives and husbands And it says, and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means to submit to your husbands as to the Lord for husbands. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church, he gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who is in love with his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. 30. And we are members of his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and each wife must respect her husband. So there's a lot. And before I even get into it, usually these verses, this section, um, is usually by society pushed out. It's not even taken into consideration or 
taken seriously because a lot of people have used these verses to give full authority to men over their wives. But in this, while you're studying it and you're listening to this, we're going to debunk that because that's not that's not what this means. And I can prove it to you by just verse 21 and further submit to one another, one another. So husband to wife, wife to husband out of reverence for Christ. Why should we submit to one another? Why should the husband submit to his wife and the wife submit to her husband in reverence for Christ? We're doing it for God in respect to God. So that already debunks it. Like the husband, yes, being the head of the household is not the overall ruler. It is God. God it should be at the center. So I'm going to be reading um, a lot of the footnotes in my study Bible just so we can learn together, but also see the context in which this was this was spoken. So in my Bible for verses 21 and 22 and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ for wives this means to submit to your husbands as to the Lord it's that submitting to another person is often misunderstood concept like I just shared it does not mean becoming a doormat Christ at whose name every knee should shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth that's in Philippians um, 2.10 submitted his will to the father so i'm gonna stop right there we should submit to one another why because christ set the ultimate example christ whose name every knee shall bow down to in heaven on earth and under the earth submitted his will to his father and it says and we honor christ by following his example when we submit to god we become more willing to obey to his command to submit to others that is to subordinate our rights to theirs in a marriage relationship both husband and wife are called to submit so the wife is called to submit her husband but the husband is also called to submit to his wife for the wife this means willingly following her husband's leadership in christ i'm gonna repeat that for the wife this means willingly following her husband's leadership in Christ. For the husband, it means putting aside his own interests in order to care for his wife. So these are two ways that they are submitting. The wife submits to her husband. How? By following his leadership in Christ wholeheartedly. And how does the husband submit to the wife? Well, he does this by putting aside his own interests in order to care for his wife. He does this by putting aside his own interests and putting his wife first. And then it says, um, submission is rarely a problem in homes where both partners have a strong relationship with Christ and where each is concerned for the happiness to for the happiness of the other. This really reminds me of something that my aunt and my mom, their sisters, um, shared before I got married. And they told me, get married because you want to make the other person happy. Not because you need someone to make you happy. And it really made me think because I was like, that's so true. I am going to get married. Why? Because I have so much love for myself. Because I am so content that I want to 
give love to someone and make someone else content make someone else happy right and say like wow like you're you're a part of me we are now one and we are in this together right so me personally i can really see this be true i can really see this come to light that submission is rarely a problem in homes where both partners have a strong relationship with christ and i can really really see that not only in my marriage but in my parents marriage i ever since they gave their life to christ i can really see that my mom does not struggle to submit to my dad and my dad does not struggle to submit to my mom and i remember seeing that as like a a teenager when we first started being believers in christ and when we first started going to church and learning about who god was and who jesus was and who they who god wanted us to be and who my parents were becoming right and ever since i was little i would always say wow like i want that i want me not to struggle to submit to my husband and i want my husband to submit to me And somewhere along the way, I want to say truly in college, um, I feel like I went through like this feminist phase where I was like, I don't need no man. I can do it by myself, blah, 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 blah. And I really went through what I feel like a lot of people think that Ephesians 5 speaks about, that the man has all authority over the woman. And that really bothered me because I... I was struggling to submit, but what was the root reason for that? It was because I was not submitting first to Christ. Because if we first submit to Christ, we will not struggle to submit to each other. And this isn't just for like married folks. This is for anyone. You first have to submit to Christ and then you won't struggle to submit to your boss. You won't struggle to submit to your leader. You won't struggle to submit to your teacher, to whoever it is. You won't struggle to submit to them. Why? Because you are already submitting yourself to God and God is the one who will help you along the way. We're submitting ourselves, our will to Christ and we're doing his will. And I feel like once I did that, once I said, you know what, God, I'm submitting myself to you and it's whatever you want and whatever you say goes, I stopped struggling submitting to my husband. Now, I'm not going to say that I'm like the perfect wife and that I'm the perfect Ephesians 5 wife, you know, that submits fully to her husband. Yes, I have my days where I'm like, I don't want to do what you just said, but the Lord really convicts my heart and he says I gave you this man for a reason I allowed you to marry this man for a reason I placed him in your path for a reason and it's in moments like those where I'm so thankful that I took that initial step and said God you have control because it's in those moments where the Lord reels me in he says hey news news flash I'm I put him in your life for a reason. And I have definitely seen how the Lord has moved through the words that my husband sows into me. And I have definitely seen the reaping of what he has sowed. He has sowed words of affirmation, words of love. He has taken care of me in many ways. And I have definitely seen how my confidence has grown, my confidence in him as my husband, my confidence in myself as a wife, as a woman, as a mother. But I think I'm getting ahead of myself. So let me continue. Um, For verses 22 through 24, so I'm going to read those. 
For wives, this means to submit to your husband as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. So in Paul's days, women, in Paul's day, women, children, and slaves were to submit to the head of the family. So slaves would submit until they were freed, male children until they grew up, and women and girls their whole lives, right? This was in Paul's day in the context of which Ephesians 5 was written. Okay, so Paul emphasized the um, equality of all believers in Christ. And this is in Galatians 3.28. So I'm going to go there. Galatians 3.28 says, There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Jesus Christ. So when we look at this, this is Paul saying that there is no difference between Jew or Gentile. There is no difference between slave or the one who is free. There is no difference between male and female. Why? Because we are all one. We are all one body in Jesus Christ. So he already himself right here broke it. Um, And even though in, in Paul's days, like women and children and slaves, like I said, were to submit to the head of the family, Paul still emphasized that there was equality of all believers. But he did not suggest overthrowing the Roman society to achieve it. Um, instead, he counseled all believers to submit to one another by choice. So they were to submit to one, ena- to one another by choice. And I feel like I'm, I'm going to stop you real quick. I feel like this is what makes all the difference. If you are submitting to someone by choice, you are genuinely submitting to them. You are doing it with a thankful heart, with a loving heart, with with um praise you are rejoicing that you get to submit to them that you get to serve them that you get to help them that you get to take care of them and you're not doing it as a burden so i really really like that this is added that he counseled uh counseled all believers to submit to one another by choice wives to husbands and also husbands to wives slaves to masters and also masters to slave children's um children to parents and also parents to children because this kind of mutual submission preserves order and harmony in the family in the nuclear family this is what um maintains and preserves the order and the harmony why because everyone knows their place and everyone knows what they should do and how to do it right and in what way to do it i feel like that's the most important in what way to do it while it increases love and respect among family members why because there's no disrespect given to either which side why because they're all serving each other they are all submitting to each other for um another side note says although some people have disordered paul's teaching like i was sharing at the beginning on submission by giving unlimited authority to husbands we cannot get around it paul told wives to submit to their husbands that's a fact the fact that a teaching is not popular is no reason to discard it one way to disarm the antagonism that the external culture might inject into the marriage relationship and i'm gonna stop here again because there's just so much but i have really been seeing this movement 
Um, and I don't know. I'm just gonna say, I've really been seeing this movement of girl, you can do better. You don't need no man. You can do it yourself. Like, go make this bread. And I'm not, I'm not saying that that's bad. Like, if that's what you want to do, go ahead and do it. But for a lot of us, um, and I'm talking about myself, like I was sharing in the time of college, that was me. I was, I was already dating my husband. And I'm like, no, I don't need no man. Like, I don't need him to pay for anything. I don't need him to take care of me. Like, I got this. I'm a big girl, blah, blah, blah. That all changed when I became a mom, when I got pregnant. And I was like, wow, I can't do this by myself. Raise a whole child, raise a whole human, raise a whole well-rounded, Christ-centered human. I cannot do that by myself. And my soul, I noticed that women were created to nurture. Women were created to literally build the next generation. Women were created to do that. And I feel like I'm in the season where I am boasting in my womanhood. I am boasting in my motherhood. Motherhood is messy. Motherhood is ghetto. It is tough. It is rough. All my moms out there know. It's not like this glamorous thing, but it is definitely glorious. We get the opportunity to shape the next president. We get the opportunity to shape the next generation, the next astronaut, the next, I don't know, computer developer. We, We get the opportunity. Why? Because we are their moms. They learn everything from us. Who's gonna teach them? Us. And I'm speaking as a former teacher as well. Something that I noticed and where I'm I'm kind of getting off topic, but where I'm noticing that like education is shifting. Schools are trying to teach kids something that should be taught at home from their parents based on their cultural and religious views. And I feel like I need to say that again. Schools are shifting and teaching kids something that their parents should be teaching them based on the parents and their whole family's cultural and religious views. Why? Because that student goes to school, right? Eight hours a week, comes home, and is kind of like programmed to think differently than their home thinking, than than what their household thinks and believes in and values. So then what's going to happen? Kids are going to become rebellious. Why? Dad, you don't understand me. Mom, you don't understand me. You're just different. I'm just different. And then that's where the harmony and the love and the respect is gone. And they're no longer submitting to you. But let me get back on topic because I feel like that's a whole nother topic. That's a whole nother thing right there. But let me keep going. Okay, um, so we learned that we have to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Whether you're the husband or whether you're the wife, you have to submit to another. Whether you're the child or whether you're the parent. Um, submission is definitely a key value for there to be harmony, for there to be love, for there to be respect and order in your house, in your home. Um we can look at this question on why did Paul tell wives to submit and the husbands to love? Because if we 
keep reading or if we reread that whole section, he spends two verses on telling wives to submit to their husbands as to the Lord. That's in verse 22. And then states in 23, for a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. There we go. It's the answer. So why do wives have to submit to their husbands as to the Lord? Well, because the husband is the head of his wife, just as Christ is the head of the church. Two verses where Paul tells wives that they have to submit to their husbands. And we see this and we think, well, why did he tell wives to submit and husbands to love? Well, it could have been perhaps that Christian women, newly freed in Christ, found submission difficult. And I feel like this was me. I wasn't newly freed in Christ. I was already a believer. I had been going to church since I was 11. And in college, I was like 20. I was 19, 20 until I got out 22, maybe 22 years old. Um, And I was struggling with submission. I found submission difficult. And then it says perhaps Christian men used um, the Roman custom of giving all were used to the Roman cu- custom of being given ultimate power to the head of the family. And they were not used to treating their wives with respect and love. Now, I'm, I'm not a Roman, but I can speak as um, as a Mexican, as a, a Mexican-American, as what I saw in my immigrant house with my immigrant family, um, Mexican-rooted, is definitely that machismo, you know, of like the man gets home, he sits, the meal better be done, it better be warm, he better have his tortillas, he better have his coffee, he better have his, his tea or his soda or whatever, he's not going to pick up his plate, the woman's going to do it, um, the man's not going to be cleaning, the man's not going to be cooking, the man is only going to work, come home, go to sleep, do it again, right? And I feel like because of what I saw, I can really relate to this that, yeah, Paul was telling those men like, no, not honey, you got to you got to love your wife and you got to take care of your wife and you got to submit to your wife. Right. Um, so I, as a Mexican, as seeing that I can definitely see why Paul is telling their wives to telling the wives to submit to the husband, but telling the husbands to love their wives. Because I feel like I saw that a lot. A lot of Mexican men in my life that I saw as a kid or even growing up, I didn't see I didn't see what I thought was love. Maybe they did love their wife in like a different way, but I didn't see it. I didn't see the man come and kiss the wife on the cheek, say, hey, baby, like I missed you or, you know, sweet talk or like snuggles on the couch. No, I didn't see any of that. I saw I'm coming home, my kid's gonna take off my boot, my food better be hot, my tortillas better be there, and you better not throw my tortilla at me, you're gonna burn your hand, bring the tortilla to my table. Like, that's that's what I saw, and I feel like a lot of people coming from the immigrant, like your grandparents born in Mexico, parents born in Mexico, I'm like, first generation American, That that's what I saw. And maybe you don't relate, and I really hope you don't, because then your definition of love is probably... A little confusing right um but that's what paul is telling them to do telling the ephesians to do he's saying wife submit to your husband why well because your husband is the head of your house just like christ is the head of the church and he's saying husbands this means love your wives in verse 25 just as christ loved the church he gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean washed by the cleansing of god's word 
some Christians um, thought that Paul was negative about marriage because of the counsel that he gave in 1 Corinthians. And we read that in episode 4. Remember, he said, I wish everyone was single like me. And a lot of Christians were like, dang, he really has a bad outlook on marriage. Like, he wants no one to get married. But here in Ephesians, we see that he shows a high value of marriage. That marriage is not just a practical necessity of a cure to lust, um, but a picture of the relationship between Christ and his church. He makes it romantic. He makes it valuable. Your marriage holds value. And we definitely see um, Paul realizing that and saying, hey, since marriage holds value, since it's very important, very valuable, and it makes a difference to be married, you need to submit to one another. Um, So here we see that Paul's counsel to the Ephesians is more, um, more of the biblical ideal for marriage. Marriage for Paul is a holy union. Like I was saying, it holds value. It's important. There's nothing like it. It's marriage. You are one. You are, you are literally one. You are bound to it. A living symbol, a a precious relationship that needs tender self sacrificing care i love that tender self-sacrificing care and we definitely see that in verse 25 for what he asks of the husbands to do he says for a husband this means love your wife you gotta love your wife husband you gotta love her everything about her her curves everything her bad her ugly when she wakes up right before she's gonna go to sleep when she's looking her baddest like you gotta love your wife just as christ loved the church he gave up his own life for her to make her holy and clean washed by the cleansing of god's word he did not uh he did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish instead she will be holy and without fault in the same way Husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love to himself. No one hates his own body but feeds and cares for it. Husband, you gotta feed your woman just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. Here we see Paul devotes twice as many words to telling husbands to love their wives as to telling wives to submit to their husbands. Like I had mentioned, he only uses two verses to tell wives what to do or what they should do. But he keeps going through the whole section and telling husbands what they should do and why they should do it. And it says, um, how should a man love his wife? Well, he should be willing to sacrifice everything for her. He should make her well-being of primary importance. And he should care for her as he cares for his own body. No wife needs to fear submitting to a man who treats her in this way. If your man treats you right, you're not going to struggle to submit to him. And if you're a man, if you're the husband listening to this podcast and you're like, well, my wife is struggling to submit to, to, submit to me. I'm struggling to have her submit to what I'm saying. 
Well, you gotta check yourself. Are you doing your part? Are are you willing to sacrifice everything for her? Are you willing to sacrifice time with your friends for your wife? Are you willing to sacrifice yourself for your wife? Are you willing to make her a primary importance in your in your life, in your whole day? Are you willing to make her the first one that you think about? Are you willing to take care of her as you take care of yourself? Are you will are you willing to feed her? If if you're a married couple or if you're dating, like you know, you gotta feed your woman. Why? Because then we get hangry. And then you ask us if we're okay and we say, Yeah. Or is everything alright? I'm fine. Okay. And it's all because we're we're hungry. Because we're hangry. So you gotta you gotta feed your wife. You gotta take care of her. You gotta make sure she looks good. You gotta make sure she feels good. And how are you gonna do that? By taking care of her, by sowing words of affirmation, by letting her know that she's the only woman in your life. And I'm, not, I'm like, this is the, the man's priority, but wives, like, take some time to just tell your man how good he is, how good he looks, how much you appreciate him. I did this once. At like 3.30 in the morning, my husband usually goes to the gym at like 3. He's at the gym before going to work. Why? Because he's crazy, but I love him. Anyways, he uh, slept through his gym alarm and he has to like wake up at 4 to go to work. Um, But I spent that whole 30 minutes just telling him how much I appreciated him, how much I love him, how much he was like the best decision I've ever made, how grateful I am to God that he put him in my path, like just how awesome he is as a husband, as a father, like how much I appreciate him working all these crazy hours just to provide like provide for us, uh, for allowing for providing and allowing me to like stay at home full time with my child. Like I just started, you know, like boasting him up, hyping him up, telling him how good he is, how good he looks, how good he makes me feel, how, like, everything, right? And then uh, he left for work and kissed him goodbye, went to sleep with baby boy, and then in the morning, I would go to a message from him saying, babe, like, I just really appreciate that because it helped me start my day amazing. Like, my husband felt like he was walking on clouds when he showed up at work. He was like, my woman's at home holding it down like she got me feeling good she's telling me how good i feel all of that so submit to one another husbands say all that stuff to your wife and mean it and genuinely mean it and wives say all that stuff to your husband why because y'all got to take care of each other that's what you need to do in marriage take care of each other and we see that it says as the scripture says this is 31 as the scripture says a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one this is a great mystery it's a great mystery on how this happens but is an illustration of the way christ and the church are one so again i say each man must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband the union of husband and wife merges two persons in such a way that Little can affect one without also affecting the other. And I'm going to stop this right here because if someone's, if you hear someone or catch someone say something bad about your husband, you want to throw hands. Why? Because that's yours. That's your man. That's your woman. Like, how are you going to be talking bad about them? How are you going to treat them bad? Like, if someone treats my husband bad, you treated both of us bad. If you gave my husband a dirty look, you gave both of us a dirty look. Like, if you got him mad, you got both of us mad. Why? Because he's mine. 
and I'm his, and we're down for each other. Like, I rock with you, you rock with me type of stuff, right? And that's the union of husband and wife. And and that's that's when you really know that the two of you have became one. And little can affect one without also affecting the other. Oneness in marriage does not mean losing your personality. Oneness in marriage does not mean losing your personality and the personality of the other. Instead, it means caring for your spouse as you care for yourself. Learning to anticipate his or her needs. Helping the other person become all that he or she can be. The creation story tells of God's plan that husband and wife should be one. This is in Genesis 2.24. And Jesus also referred to this plan in Matthew 19.4-6 if you want to go read those. But you just gotta, when you're one, you know what your man needs. He, he does a look or he's looking around. You're like, oh, I know what he needs. And husband, like, your wife's looking for something. She's pacing around. You know what she needs. Why? Because you guys are one. And you anticipate those needs. And you prepare that. Like, simple things. You lay out his socks and his underwear after work. Why? Because you know he's going to want to take a shower after work. Or you lay out her toothbrush and her hairbrush before you leave to work. Why? Because you know she's going to need to brush her hair and brush her teeth in the morning. Or you lay out her blanket or you make her coffee or you make his coffee. Why? Because you care for each other and you know what they're going to need. And and you just care for each other and you want to serve each other. You want to please each other, make each other happy and, and just love, love on each other. And I really feel like this spoke to me and I feel like it. I really hope it spoke to you. And we should put all of this into practice. And I will definitely see that we will see better marriages. We will see better days. And we will set a better example for our kids or our future kids as to what love should look like. And we're going to break those generational chains of what we were taught that love should look like. Why? Because now we have a better example. We have Christ and the love that he gave and gives constantly to his church. So with that, I leave you. And I just pray that the Lord puts both of us in situations where we can use this word and apply it. So that way we can grow spiritually, but also grow in our marriages. Also grow together. Grow as people and as believers. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I truly appreciate all of you. Like I am just in shock and so thankful and grateful at what god is doing with this and all the people who are listening from like the dominican republic there's people listening in all parts of mexico yucatan tijuana there's people in seattle listening like y'all are so amazing and god bless you bless you and your families and your future families your kids and your future kids like all your relationships your work relationships your personal relationships and your finances the lord bless you and keep you and i pray that all of that over everyone who's listening thank you so much and be on the lookout for episode six god bless everyone